welcome to Escape Roots with Condé Nast Traveler. My name is Divya Thani, Global Editorial Director of Condé Nast Traveler, and it is my pleasure to introduce you to our podcast series. Travel is all about storytelling, a story of a place, of its people, of a journey. And at Condé Nast Traveler, we've always celebrated the most transportative, evocative travel writing. We've come together to take you to some of our favorite places, if only in your imagination, by listening to our most loved travel stories read aloud by the writers who pen them. We hope these short escape routes allow you to daydream of far-flung adventures, discover the world's curious corners, or recast familiar destinations in a fresh light, and that you love these travel stories as much as I do. It's Sunday, July 11th, 2021, and I'm about to leave Earth. Going into space is something I've wanted to do since I was a young child, but I knew I could never be an astronaut with NASA because my eyesight is too poor to meet their requirements. However, in 2004, the Anasari X Prize was awarded to the first privately developed spaceship to go to space and back. Soon after, while I was in high school, Sir Richard Branson announced that he was starting Virgin Galactic, a company that would open space up for everyone through spaceflight developed by the private sector. My hopes were raised after seeing that, and I thought, okay, that's how I'm going to go to space. So I've had years to think about what this day would feel like, and it was still beyond anything I could have imagined. That day, I wake up at 3.30 in the morning after getting seven hours of sleep. I'm not feeling nervous or anxious for someone that's about to go to space. I can hardly contain the anticipation. I have my usual breakfast of peanut butter and toast with bananas on top. Super fancy, I know. Then I drive with my crewmate, Colin Bennett, to Spaceport America, where Virgin Galactic conducts its spaceflight operations. Colin is an incredible engineer, one of my crewmates on this mission, and also one of my good friends. We have been working lockstep in preparing for this mission, which involved conversations from morning to evening. But on this particular morning, we both rode in silence, both of us with our headphones on, thinking about what we'll need to do on the flight. Spaceport sits in the middle of the New Mexico desert, and the drive there is breathtaking. There's something about the desert at dawn and dusk that's so beautiful. The sunrise particularly brilliant that day, shining through the remnants of a storm that had rolled through overnight. New Mexico is all about bright skies, either during the day when it's an intense blue or at night when the stars are bright. And the shadows and colors are amazing. So many shades of orange, purple, blue, and green. Eventually, Spaceport appears in the distance, an elegant, low-rise building with full-height windows wrapped around one end of it. It's purposefully designed to create an atmosphere that complements the journey into space. An amazing walkway welcomes you. I go through it and then sign a notebook that contains the names of the spaceship astronauts before me. I'm just so excited. While I try to keep it cool, I practically bunny hop into the training area and then the changing rooms afterwards. 
The walls are plastered with photos of a family and friends. After putting on my flight suit, I prep some final items with my Unity 22 mission crew, including our founder, Sir Richard Branson. It's so apparent that everyone can feel the energy in the morning air, an energy that's positive, focused, and exhilarating. Outside, my family has gathered to cheer us on. I take a bunch of selfies with them as we prepare to board the spaceship. They've been so supportive ever since I was little and told them I wanted to be an astronaut. My crewmates and I hop into our Range Rovers, which take us to the end of the runway where we will board our spaceship, VSS Unity. I'm driven by Jane Kinney, one of my Purdue college friends who also works at Virgin Galactic. We used to talk about becoming astronauts in the Neil Armstrong Aerospace Engineering Building while completing our homework in the wee hours of the morning the day it's due. So it's really special having her here. Unity is attached beneath the huge wing and between the two fuselages of VMS Eve, the mothership that will carry us to our launch altitude. Our cabin has four seats and 17 windows, which are twice the size of a conventional airplane window. The cabin is fitted with multiple high-def cameras to capture videos of of the passengers from every angle during their time in space. Inside the spacecraft, we give each other fist bumps, strap ourselves in our seats, and then hear Eve's four jet engines throttle up to taxi us down into our position for takeoff. As we roar down the runway, I look out the window to trying to catch a glimpse of our families, friends, and colleagues cheering us on. And soon, we're airborne. It's a 45-minute climb through brilliant sunshine and blue skies until we reach the altitude where the spacecraft will be released from EVE. After we complete all of our final checks, EVE's pilot calls out, release, 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 and Unity drops away from the mothership. You have a free-fall sensation, but one that lasts only a few seconds because our pilot ignites Unity's rocket motor, pinning us back to our seats as we begin our ascent towards space. Not only do you feel the power of the rocket motor, you can hear its roar reverberating through your body. The acceleration force is about three Gs, which sounds like a lot, but it's actually not uncomfortable. We train for it on the ground and in high performance aircraft to get familiar with G-forces. During the boost portion of the flight, the sky gradually changes from blue to purple, then black. Witnessing that transition is extremely powerful and one of my favorite parts of the entire journey. The rocket motor then cuts off and suddenly everything goes silent. Well, except the giggling from me and my crewmates. We're floating in space around 86 kilometers above Earth and you have this stunning view of the planet. You see its curvature and you see the thin blue line of the atmosphere. The planet looks so bright, it glows against the vast matte black of space. You don't see any stars at all, but the whole scene is so moving because it truly puts things into perspective and reinforces how lucky we are to have this planet. Welcome to witnesses, you're clear to unstrap. I hear a pilot say you're clear to unstrap. So we unfasten ourselves from our seats and begin floating towards the ceiling. 
Or is it the spaceship that's rotating around us? You can't tell. But that feeling of weightlessness is so magical. Now, we have approximately three minutes in space, so we get to work immediately. Colin and I are tasked with checking out the cabin interiors and making sure everything functions properly for our passengers' comfort and safety. Richard Branson is also evaluating the cabin and the overall experience for our future astronauts. He's an expert in hospitality and understanding the guest experience. There are things he notices that I would never have picked up on as an engineer. So the data he gathers and the feedback he gives is invaluable for for curating the experience for our customers. My other role is to conduct an experiment for the University of Florida, looking at how plant genes express themselves during various stages of the flight. The aim is to modify plants so they can adapt and thrive in microgravity during long duration missions to the moon, Mars, or further destinations. This research might also help in other ways, such as adapting plants to provide food security for communities hit hardest by climate change on Earth. Virgin Galactic space flights are a great opportunity for scientists and researchers because for the first time, they are able to conduct human-tended research in space. Human-tended research is the ability for the human to interact and conduct tasks for research during the space flight. For the first time, researchers are able to complete field science in space. And they can do it much more cost-effectively and on a more frequent basis. About two minutes into the weightlessness period, I'm able to pause for a moment and look out the window. Once again, the view takes my breath away. Everybody and everything you know and have experienced is right there on that planet you're looking at. It makes you feel small, but it doesn't make you feel insignificant. And please return to your seats and strap in. Approach and re-entry. As we prepare for re-entry, we strap ourselves back into our seats and prepare to return to Earth. And as we re-enter the atmosphere, the view is still phenomenal. I can't stop looking out the window. I glance over to my crewmates and give them a thumbs up. As we descend towards Earth, the spaceship glides without power in a corkscrew pattern for about 20 minutes. And eventually, the spaceport comes into view below us. Knowing that my parents are down there watching me is really exciting. We land on the runway. A Range Rover tows us to the front of the spaceport where our colleagues and families are cheering. The first person I hug is my dad. He squeezes me so hard that the sunglasses dangling from my flight suit break into pieces. I tell my dad he can throw them away, but when he comes to visit me in D.C. two weeks later... He's fixed them and is wearing them himself. Having gone into space, we now receive our Virgin Galactic wings. They are similar in concept to the wings NASA gives its astronauts, but the galactic one represents a seed to symbolize the fact that the astronaut has gone to space and is then planted back on Earth to grow and transform their respective communities. People often ask me if I was changed by my experience in space. I was definitely changed, but not in the terms of a complete different outlook on my life. It was more of an energizing feeling. I want to do more, 
to make sure I'm really being cognizant of the time. I'm very excited about how this journey will affect other people. For example, if you take a look at the individuals who have gone to space so far, less than 100 of them are women. And if you break that number down even farther, most of those astronauts are from countries that have national space programs and a lot of investment in science and tech. It's not a very diverse group. When it was announced that I was going into space, my following on social media skyrocketed. Bad pun, I know. The messages I received were overwhelmingly from young women in India who saw someone whose identity they shared. And they were inspired not just to go into space, but to achieve goals in general that they didn't think were possible. Those messages were so heartwarming. As a child, I wasn't very sure if there was a place for me in the industry either, until Dr. Kalpanya Chawla became the first Indian woman to go to space in 1997. When she went on that mission, a barrier in my mind disappeared, and I became convinced that I could do what she did. If you can see it, you can believe it, as they say. It was incredible to hear the other young women basically saying the same thing. It made my space trip even more memorable and incredible. If we send more and more people from different backgrounds and life experiences up to space, I truly think there will be a profound downstream effect. People who have taken this transformative journey will go back to their diverse communities and have an impact not only on the work they're doing, but also on the next generation. That individual might be the first astronaut that their community meets. And I think that's very powerful and effective. It's a reminder that when you travel on Virgin Galactic, you're not leaving Earth. You're going up to space to discover Earth and to reflect on a much larger purpose to your life. This podcast is sponsored by Virgin Galactic, the world's first commercial spaceline company, which aims to expand space travel beyond astronauts. In July 2021, Sarisha Bandla, its Vice President of Government Affairs and Research Operations, and Richard Branson, founder, were among the initial passengers on its first fully crewed space flight, traveling 50 miles above the Earth's atmosphere. Virgin Galactic plans to carry its first commercial passengers in 2023. For more information, visit virgingalactic.com. We hope you enjoyed our Escape Truth podcast. Please remember to like and subscribe to help boost us on the charts and ensure that you're the first to hear about our new episodes.